Catholic commentary. Spiritual warfare. Stay ready so you don't have to get ready. Jesus 911. Soul Patrol Jesus 911. Two man car, Jess Romero and Paul Clay. Lot to talk about. The month of December is dedicated to the Immaculate Conception, one of the four Marian dogmas. And the first 24 days of December fall during the liturgical season of Advent. And they're represented by the color purple, the liturgical color purple. That's a symbol of penance, mortification, and a contrite heart. Uh, the remaining days of September, or excuse me, September, the remaining days of December mark the beginning of the Christmas season. Beautiful time of the year. And the liturgical colors change to white or gold. That's a symbol of joy, purity, and innocence. Also, for all my Phoenix Catholic friends, I'm inviting you to join me and my wife Anita as we host a, a rosary rally in public this Thursday, December 7th, in front of the Arizona Financial Theater. You can get information by going to my website. They're going to be hosting a drag queen Christmas event. And so as Catholics, I can only guess that many of the people that are there that are that are participating in the sacrilege and blasphemy, they need prayers of reparation. These people aren't going to convert unless Catholics go out in public and take your rosary and take a stand for Jesus and pray. The, the, you can't just stay home and say, oh, oh, they're insulting Jesus in downtown Phoenix and stuff. And, all, you know, what? oh, too bad. No, get off the couch, get in your car, grab the rosary, go in public and pray. Stand up, have some courage. We will be out there praying from 7.30 to 9.30 p.m., praying that God gives them the grace of conversion. How are they going to get the grace of conversion unless Catholics pray for them in public? And how are we going to make prayers of reparation? Well, it's better to make prayers of reparation on site where, where, where the crime, the sin is being committed. That's where we should be making prayers of reparation. So uh, this uh, in two days on Thursday, Join me and my wife, Anita. We're going to be hosting a prayer rosary rally. Uh, this, this is a great offense against our, our, our Lord's birth, the Holy Family. And we're going to be out there, not out of hate. We're going to be out there out of love because we want, we want their hearts to change. We want them all to get to heaven. We want them to know Jesus Christ. And we have to make prayers of reparation as well for the offenses and sacrileges against the Holy Family. Paul, how are you, my friend? Jess, Jess, I'm loving what you're saying here. You know, just there's a lot of people that sometimes tell me, you know, you know, the Bible talks a lot about being persecuted for your faith and suffering for your faith. But I really don't suffer that much. Well, <laughs> you, you got to put your faith into practice because trust me, uh, when you're out there, there's going to be a lot of people that are going to accuse you of being a hate monger. Uh, that are going to, you know, that are going to persecute you just for being out there. Uh, I, and I always say it, and I'll say it again, love corrects, right? That's what, yeah, and that's so, exactly what we're doing. Yeah, so so the loving thing to do would, number one, take a stand for the things that we hold near and dear, because Jesus is Lord, not only of the Romero household, but he's also Lord of civil government, the society. And so you're exercising your right uh, 
and, and you know and and yeah. following the the uh, the leading of our Lord to go out into the world. <laughs> Amen. Paul, we want to talk about somebody who's been in my life, been around in my life all my life, and he's not a good hombre, not a good hombre. He just he, he just passed away. Uh, God uh, rest his soul wherever it may be. The guy's name is uh, the guy's name is uh, Henry Kissinger. Uh, there's an article. It's called "The Death of America's Machiavelli." Let me define Machiavelli so people can know what uh, Machiavelli was. A 16th century Florentine philosopher, known primarily for his political ideas, he wrote two famous philosophical books. One called "The Prince," and the other one, "The Discourses on Livy." Uh, when you're called Machiavellian, it's not a compliment. Machiavellian mm. means some someone who's cunning or scheming or, or unscrupulous, especially in politics, and that's a good description of Henry Kissinger. Ma- mm-hmm. Machiavellianism means that somebody's sly, deceptive, destructive. You don't, you don't yeah. see it coming. <laughs> yeah, there you go. And manipulative. Uh, yeah. And so, and and it's it's a person also who's duplicitous, and mm. he's in it for his own self interest. Well, I like that, that word. Yeah. Duplicitous, a double-minded man. He is unstable in all his ways. Very biblical word, by the way, right, right out of the New Testament. Mm-hmm. So Henry Kissinger, one of America's most influential diplomats, died uh, Wednesday at the age of 100. His family is expected mm-hmm. to hold a private family service for the late statesman before a public memorial service is held in New York City. The U.S. diplomat died at his home in Connecticut, having played a key role in foreign policy in the U.S. for decades. You have a lot of people that are just kissing his ring here on in, in the article. Uh, you know, you have uh, George Bush, former president, former British prime minister, Sir Tony Blair, even Mike Johnson, the new speaker of the House of Reps, probably was forced to say it. He said, quote, about Henry Kissinger, contributions to U.S. foreign policy and global diplomacy are immeasurable. Now, Not everybody remembers Kissinger's influence so fondly. And while it's said to be unseemly to speak ill of the dead, that's not my custom. uh, But the fact is, there is a dark side to his legacy. And that's some of the things that I want to point out. This guy was no no saint. We, we, We shouldn't erect monuments to him or put an ST before his name. A major component of Kissinger's legacy is his role in orchestrating the population control movement that hit the United States and the world in the mid-20th century. Interesting. Mm. In 1974, U.S. Security Council completed a top-secret document entitled National Security Study Memorandum, commonly referred to as the Kissinger Report. He was Secretary of State at the time, and it was written under his direction. So he was huge into government population control programs through abortion and through financial incentives for countries to increase the rates of abortion, sterilization, and contraception use. And not only that, not only did Kissinger push to reduce the world's population, but uh, this also boils down to maintaining access to the mineral resources of less developed countries. Here are some of the other things that he did, Paul, that... uh, that that caused me to be very concerned for his soul. In 2015, when Nigeria refused to re- legalize contraception and homosexuality, the United States withdrew financial and military aid 
that would allow it to combat the Islamic terror group Boko Haram. Boko hmm. Haram has kidnapped and slaughtered tens of thousands of people, mostly Christians in that nation. By the way, everything that I'm going to mention to you, these are the effects of Kissinger's climate control, population control mandates. These are the effects. Here's another one of his effects. They're still, we're still living under them today. 2020, when Ecuador declined to legalize abortion, the UN, uh, carrying out the bidding of the Kissinger report, refused to provide aid for it to battle COVID-19. Here's another effect of the Kissinger report. 2020, United States population fund halted food and other aid to millions of starving Yemenis because the nation refused to legalize abortion. And that's another effect of the Kissinger report. Here's another effect. 2019, when Zambia refused to legalize sodomy, the U- U.S. withdrew foreign aid to help alleviate the 11% national HIV infection rate and to care for 250,000 AIDS orphans. This is hold up right there, Jess. Yeah. This guy, this guy's this a bad hombre. I'm, I'm going to bad put hombre. this guy in. For, I'm going to put this guy in for the Margaret Sanger Award. Mm. Okay. As this is right there with the, if you don't know Margaret Sanger, she's the 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 one the, the brainchild behind Planned Parenthood, yep. who believed in pushed these ideas of eugenics that basically say that uh, you know only certain people really uh, are desirable to live and should and should uh, and should uh, have children and uh, the rest of them uh, idiots and uh, you know people who suffer from uh, different physical um, uh, diseases, they should be ex- uh, basically exterminated. That's Margaret Sanger and, 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 and Henry Kissinger, his policies, Jess, they, you know, they take these ideas, the idea of the culture of death, right? Isn't that what uh, uh, the church has, has, has been teaching us for a while that we live in a culture of death? And Henry Kissinger is one of those guys who uh, was used uh, and uh, by Satan to push this culture of death on people, which basically, you know, again, Jesus came to set us free. Satan came to enslave us. And when you when this article rightly points out how aid was tied to uh, a nation's willingness to embrace mm. the homosexual agenda, um, abortion, uh, uh, abortion, uh, sterilization, yeah. population control. These ideas, Jess, uh, uh, it, 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 you know, follow the money, right? Greed, money, power, uh, you know, the desire for our country to exploit uh other nations that are less developed and control their resources. It's all right here. Yeah. He was also, Paul, good friends with the World Economic Forum. Uh, in fact, <laughs> yeah, yeah, Klaus Schwab spoke highly of Kissinger. Klaus Schwab oh. from Davos, Switzerland, he fawned over him like a fanboy. He considered himself <laughs> a student. He Klaus Schwab Mass- considered himself a student, a student of Mass- Henry Kissinger. Yeah. Mm. Wow. Jesus 911, two man car. We'll be right back. Got some uh, closing remarks about Henry Kissinger. And I say a prayer for his soul. He was a bad hombre. Yep. We'll be right back. Now, back to Jesus 911. 
If this call is not an emergency, dial 888-526-2151. Soul Patrol, Jesus 911, two-man car. Henry Kissinger just, just died at the age of 100. Highly influence, influential person in the last 50, 60 years. He was also involved, Paul, in a lot of people that are dead as a result of his policies. The Kissinger Report. Uh, mm. You can look at uh, sources. One source says approximately from 69 to 73, as National Security Advisor under President Richard Nixon, Kissinger directed the carpet bombing of large swaths of Cambodia undertaken to destroy North Vietnamese and Viet Cong bases. Uh, according to one source, 500,000 tons of U.S. bombs were dropped on Cambodia during this period, and as many as 150,000 civilians were killed. Other sources mm. double the figure. Kissinger said to have personally approved each of almost 4,000 bombing raids in Cambodia between 69 and 70 alone. Paul, you can look Ooh. at this article, and it quotes all the wars that Kissinger directed bombings, directed, once again, the whole depopulation. Uh, he's had his hands, uh, and his policies, the Kissinger Report, had, had yeah, got his, put put his yeah. name on it, Jess. This is John Hancock, the Kissinger it's, Report. Yes. <laughs> and so the things that have happened all over, you know, Pakistan, Argentina, Cambodia, all over the world, it has the Kissinger Report stamp on it. Now, you know, you know, it's funny. He's he's starting to sound like he's making Hitler sound like a choir boy. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. You know, I, I you know, yeah. I mean, listen, listen, yeah. the reality, the reality of the situation right. is and I and I tell people this often, Jess, I mean, if, if you know, the goal is, is to be safe on the on the bark of Peter on the on, on the ark, which is the church. Right. And the devil, he doesn't care if you if he pushes you off on the left or if he pushes you off on the right as long as he gets you off. And so there's a lot of times, a lot of times I know that we think as Americans, oh, our causes are just and right. We're the United States. God is on our side. Uh, slow down there. Uh, I'm reminded of uh, uh, when the angel of the Lord repeared, uh, appeared to Joshua before they went across the, uh, the Jordan to go take the land. And, and uh, Joshua said to him, are you for us or against us? And the angel of the Lord said, neither. <laughs> but as captain, yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. Neither. Uh, but as captain is the Lord's, uh, uh, the host of the Lord, uh, he told he told Joshua to uh, take his shoes off and, and bow down. Wow. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, a, it's like people, Paul, you know, people say, well, I'm going to pray to the Lord that I win, uh, you know, the, 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 the Super Bowl. God's not involved in the Super Bowl. God, you know what that that's that's a, that's up to your skill and how much you've yep. trained. God is not yeah. taking sides on the Super Bowl or a boxing match or a pay per view yeah. fight. Okay, that's yeah. up to the person and 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 how you how you've prepared for that for for that event, Paul. But yeah. one of the most controversial elements of the of Kissinger's tenure was uh, the 1973 overthrow of the democratically elected socialist president of Chile. His name was Salvador Allende and his replacement by a military dictatorship that brought the deaths, disappearances, and torture of as many as 40,000 Chileans. And this, again, as a result of Kissinger's diplomacy, the Kissinger Report, and, uh, and President Gerald Ford's involvement 
he, in bolstering uh, Suharto's invasion of East Timor, this resulted in 200,000 deaths. So, uh, you know, when I see crowds of Hamas supporters take to the streets in Germany, uh, you know, Henry Kissinger said the following. He said this on Welt TV. He goes, it was a serious mistake to let in so many people with completely different cultures, religions and concepts because it creates an interest in every country that does that. Close quote. And one social media user responded to Kissinger's comment by posting at the very end of his life, Henry Kissinger finally got something right. Yeah, so Henry Kissinger made a, a statement about, wow, this open border stuff is not good. It's, it's dangerous. And so, yeah, all his life he was tracking in the wrong direction. War, war, depopulation, contraception, yeah. abortion. At the end of his life, he realized, hey, open borders in Germany, I guess that's not a good thing. It could change a country. So he got something mm. right at the end of his life. Here's my comment, yeah. Paul. He was born in Germany. Kissinger came to the U.S. in 1938 as a Jewish refugee fleeing Nazi persecution. He was a child refugee from Nazi Germany. Kissinger became one of the most influential Jewish figures of the 20th century. And between his appeasement of Nixon's anti-Semitism and invention of, of well, that's, that's what this article says, anti-Semitism. That, that's the new N-word, as we and Paul were saying during the break. They, they, throw, they throw that work anywhere. I got, that, I got this little quip from Wikipedia where it says, between his appeasement of Nixon's anti-Semitism and invention of Mitty's shuttle diplomacy, Kissinger leaves a controversial legacy both as an American and as a Jew. Here's my question, mm. Paul, in all of this, because this is a Catholic show. My question mm-hmm. is, did Henry Kissinger accept and follow Jesus Christ, the Jewish Messiah? most especially towards the end of his earthly life. That's all that really matters for anyone that yeah. dies, especially Jews. Yes. The, the once chosen people of God in the Old Testament, which is obsolete, to whom God the mm-hmm. Father sent his son Jesus as Messiah. Kissinger mm-hmm. was I- an influential person in American and world politics. But in the final analysis, my question is, did he encounter the person of Jesus Christ? Because that's all that matters. Who cares how many yes. presidents he knew? Who cares how many yes. diplomatic uh, you know, uh, treaties he, 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 uh, he parlayed? What does it matter? Mark 8.36, for what shall it profit a man if he gains the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall yes. a man give in exchange for his life? All I can say is, Paul, God rest his soul wherever it's at, because I'm telling you, he's left a legacy of death in his wake. Well, well, listen, Jess, uh, Jesus said you'll know them by their fruits. Did he not? Yeah, he sure did. Okay, so based on the litany of bad fruit that was produced by his policies, by his thought process, uh, you can say, I can apply a Bible verse that, you know, I can't do it infallibly, but I can use my common sense and reason and say there are there is no rest for the wicked. You said, God rest his soul. But I'll tell you what, like you said, if he died outside of friendship with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, then he, like a multitude of other people, sad to say, will be lost. Um Jess, yeah, think about it for a second. Um, a sacred scripture tells us in, in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, <clears throat> there were not many wise according to the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble. Con- this is concerning the calling, our calling to Christ, right? But God has chosen the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. And God has chosen the weak things of the world to shame the things which are strong and the base things of the world. Listen, mm-hmm. Jess, um, 
when you have notoriety, popularity among the world, and then, like I said, you have a, a just a, a history of one uh, offense after another to a holy God, um, we don't have any good reason to believe that his soul is at peace. Dare we? So, <laughs> so we, can, yeah. we, can't, we can't apply von, von Balthasar Paul, the Jesuit liberal in the 60s, dare we hope that all men will be saved at the end? <laughs> yeah. So, so what, what's my point here, Jess, yeah. in wrapping this up, listen, don't look for popularity among the world. Matter of fact, Jesus says just the opposite. Do not love the world, nor the things in the world for the world is passing away. Do not marvel if the world hates you for the world hated me before it hated you. So the reality is, is stick to Christ, stick to his uh, 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 mother church and, and, and fly the banner of Christ because in doing that, yes, the world will hate you, but you will be precious in the sight of God. You know, uh, as we wrap up this uh, second segment, uh, this man had a disproportionate influence on the United States. Everybody still talks about him on both sides of the aisle. Mm -hmm. Henry Kissinger, the Kissinger Report. And people would still consult him, Paul, right? Even up to, you know, probably... A hundred years old. You know what I mean? It's amazing if you think about it. We live in a culture that just... Yeah, yeah, we live yeah. in a culture that basically relegates our uh, older people to, you know, to the old folks home. But uh, Henry Kissinger had this amazing um, ability that, you know, to this probably up until last week, they were consulting him for all I know. <laughs> <laughs> now, he's uh, he's a Jew and uh, he had a disproportionate influence on world politics and na national politics. The Jewish religion, by the way, it's only... 0.2% of the entire worldwide population. There's 8 billion people on planet Earth. The Jewish population is not even 1%. They're 0.2% of the 8 billion worldwide population. Yet, mm. I would have to say, Paul, they disproportionately have a great influence on culture. I'll, 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 let me quote a Jewish actress. Last week, a Jewish actress. And this is something that I've always known, but if I say it, people are going to say, Jesse, do you hate Jews? Why are you saying that? So I'm going to quote a Jewish actress because I've known this, but I'm glad a Jewish actress said this. Julian Margulies, an Emmy-winning actress in Hollywood, uh, she gave a, a speech on October 7th she was being outspoken about what's happening over in Israel. And she said this, quote, By the way, all of our great material on television is pretty much from the Jews. Close quote. Hmm. Wow. I, I've always known that, that. But a yeah. Jewish actress just admitted what I've always known. Because I've had actors tell me, go, Jess, the Jews control Hollywood. I don't want to mention their names. There's about six or seven yeah. that I know. Now, a Jewish actress has just told, said what all my Catholic actor friends have told me, that Hollywood is run by Jews. Look, look at her statement. Julie Margolis last week, Jewish Emmy Award-winning actress says, by the way, all of our great material on television is pretty much from the Jews. Yeah, but Jess, let me just add this. Um, Harvey Weinstein uh, uh, was one of those Hollywood uh, uh, people of Jewish descent uh, that was controlling Hollywood to a uh, to a certain extent, but absolutely, yes. There's a there's a distinction though between you know Jewish as an ethnicity and Jews as a religion. Yes, yes, and yeah, uh, right. 
Yeah, and so by the way, it's by the way our, like... our Lord Jesus Christ was both. He was a religious and and a, and a, and a cultural. He was a a Jew by birth, yes. by race, and also yes. a Jew by religion. Yes, and so so I think it's right that we draw the, the distinction here that most Jews today are not really religious Jews. Correct. Correct. Mm -hmm. They are Jews by by ethnicity, but they they basically are not. Uh, they don't carry the Torah around, you know, no. or a copy of the Old Testament around, and uh, you know, it, it's just not happening like that. <laughs> yeah, they're a minority. The, the religious Jews are a huge minority, and then then yes. even with, amongst religious Jews, Paul, there's gradations. There's yes. there's you know Zionist that uh, that that basically uh they're very anti-christian anti-catholic then you have the more mm -hmm. moderate ones the conservative jews it would be somebody like prager you know uh michael mm -hmm. medved those are and then you have the liberal jews they're called the reform jews so amongst themselves they're not really uh they're not really united hey up next we're going to talk about the hail mary and we're going to talk about all things blessed mother the next two segments stick around you're going to enjoy what we're going to have to share Now, back to Jesus 911. If this call is not an emergency, dial 888-526-2151. Hail, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. An mm. article written by a gentleman named Anthony Greenwell, where he talks about the fact that the, the Latin translation translation uh, uh, gratia plena comes from the Greek translation kaire kekaritomene and the article points something out that I've known for years but I'm, I'm, I'm glad somebody else is talking about it as well the Blessed Virgin Mary was given the most unique title in salvation history nobody else was ever given that title kaire kekaritomene but the Blessed Virgin Mary, uh, which is hail full of grace. Good article. Here's uh, th th what I'll say just for some kind of uh, summary remarks. But it's, it's, but it's worth reading. It's, it's, it's very, uh, very theological, very heady. Here's what I will say just to make it simple for the audience, Paul. I would say, mm -hmm. number one, Our Lady's call full of grace in Luke chapter 1, verse 28. Our Lord Jesus Christ in John chapter 1, verse 14 is called full of grace. Different Greek words, but the same translation, mm -hmm. full of grace. And what's interesting, and I just share this with people just to show how Mary's role in salvation history, how important it is. So I say there's two people that are called full of grace. Jesus and Mary in all mm -hmm. of salvation history. Now the rest of us are called in second Peter chapter three, verse 18. This, the bio Holy Bible says about the rest of us, the human condition. It says, as it says, and, uh, and strive to, uh, let me grab my Bible. Let me get it right now. It says that all of us, it says, and all of us should grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and savior, Jesus Christ. Second Peter mm. chapter three, verse 18. So the human condition is what? 
all of us, A-L-L, that means everybody, all of us is called to grow in grace. Why? Because we're not full of grace. Here it is Mm -hmm. on the verse, okay? It says, 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 18, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So, I've got to grow in grace and knowledge, and so do all of you, and so does Paul, so does my wife. Everybody has to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ, except two people. <laughs> Jesus doesn't have to grow in grace. He's already full of grace. John chapter 1, verse 14. Yes. The Blessed Virgin Mary doesn't have to grow in grace. She's already full of grace. Luke chapter 1, verse 28. She's nature's solitary boast. And so, th- uh, that's the best way I could summarize this article is pretty heady, pretty theological. Now, some people may say, and I've looked, I've, I've actually looked this up in the Greek and it's a different word uh, where it talks about who's the other. Uh, it's in the, some, so, Oh yeah. The first martyr, Stephen. Mm. L- yeah. Let me grab that verse. Acts chapter six, verse eight, because I've already filled, filled with the Holy ghost. Yeah. Yes. Stephen. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right. It's a different Greek word. It's not the same word that's used for the Blessed Virgin Mary. Because I know some people have asked me, well, Jess, isn't yeah, it says uh, Acts chapter six, verse eight, and Stephen, uh, some Bibles say filled with the Holy Ghost, some say filled with grace. Some translations say full of grace and power. It's a different Greek word. It means that mm-hmm. at that moment it means that at that moment, that Greek word in in reference to Stephen the first martyr means that at, at that moment he received the grace of God and the Holy Spirit to stand up and, and withstand martyrdom. Now, yes. Blessed Virgin Mary, the word that's used for her is totally unique. It, it's not even mm-hmm. used in like Greek literature, like in, in in classical Greek literature. It's it's a word that was just used for her, which Greek scholars, both Catholic and Protestant and Orthodox, say that it's a perfect passive participle, which means that Mary was full of grace from the moment of her conception. That's what the perfect passive participle means in Greek, that she was full of grace from the moment of her conception, and it's an ongoing status. It's called an aorist tense in the Greek. It's an ongoing status that she will be. She was found full of grace from the very beginning, and she will, and will always be. Yes, right. That's what it means mm-hmm. in the Greek. That's what it means, a perfect passive participle. So, uh, yeah, it's a pretty unique word, Paul, and, and I think uh, a lot of Catholics would, would do good to meditate and chew on it, and I think it would ma- enrich their, uh, their, their devotion to the rosary. Absolutely, Jess. Uh, as you know, uh, we have a Holy Day of Obligation this week, and it's the Feast of the Immaculate Conception. And uh, I like the fact that uh, the author of this article, he, he points out that it's not only something that Mary is, it is also, you know, a title as to, you know, uh, what she is, you know, mm-hmm. um, uh, she's full of grace and, 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 and it's a title that she holds, uh, that note that's unique. And, and the fact that it's the one time use ever, uh, shows how unique our blessed mother is, um, now, granted, um, there are a lot of Protestants that don't understand this and don't understand the concept of the the, uh, the communion of saints 
And then, of course, our Blessed Mother being the, uh, you know, uh, I would say Saint Par Excellence. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> God's, Absolutely. God's masterpiece. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and that we honor whom God honors, you know. <laughs> uh yes uh the the catholic faith is, is is so beautiful and it's so complete when you look at other forms of christianity that you know that that espouse oh sola scriptura you know as if you know all we could ever know about god uh you know and reduced, his is word reduced to the bible right is reduced to the bible right. reduced to sacred uh writ and that's just not the case Jesus promised that he would send the Holy Ghost to guide the apostles, by the way, who were the the founding cornerstone of the church. Uh, and he and he said that the Holy Spirit would guide them in all truth. And so, uh, again, at that particular point in time, we didn't even have a New Testament. Yeah. And also another the New Testament also declares what you just said. In John 21, mm-hmm. 25, it says, but there are also many other things which Jesus did were every one of them to be written. I suppose that the world itself could not contain the books that would be written. In other words, mm-hmm. there's a whole lot of things here that are, are part of sacred tradition. For example, the Bible doesn't tell us how to perform a marriage. It tells mm-hmm. us to get married, but it just tells the protocol of a marriage that came through sacred tradition. The Bible doesn't tell us how to perform a marriage ceremony or a confirmation ceremony or a baptism, that baptism ceremony that came through sacred tradition. The Bible didn't, doesn't tell us when a marriage is ratified. That comes through sacred tradition. Uh, you know, so uh, John 21, 25, it just says exactly what you just said, Paul. This is why we as Catholics, we have the, the benefit of understanding the Bible at a deeper level than our Protestants. I remember years ago, Paul, years ago, I heard a guy, mm-hmm. you know who he is, a guy named Raul Reese from Calvary Chapel in Southern California. He's on radio. So I'm driving mm-hmm. somewhere and I, I'm turning it on. You know, you get you, you draw some you draw some good things because Protestants believe in Scripture also. And so you can you can draw some nuggets. And then I'm listening to Raul Reese, who, by the way, I've challenged to a debate. I've actually spoken to him, and he's rejected me twice. He says, I know who you are. I don't want to debate you. Uh, I've talked to his, uh, I talked to his uh, secretary, emailed him. And so he knows. So, but he's on radio, and he says, oh, and by the way, it was, it was during the Christmas season about 20 years ago. He says, and by the way, uh, the thief on the right is, uh, is named Gestus. I mean, the thief on the left is named Gestus, and the thief on the right is named Dismas. And, uh, and then he goes, we know this through tradition and history. So I called up and they put me on the line and I said, and I said, here's my question. They put me on. I said, uh, of course, I, I kind of obfuscated. I didn't tell them exactly what I was going to ask. So when they put me on, I said, uh, Raul Reese, got a question for you. Cause it was a call-in show at that time. He, I said, where did you get? the the fact that the thief on the right is called dismiss and he goes tradition i said is it the early church fathers are they catholic bishops and then he hung up on me in other words he didn't <laughs> he didn't want to admit where he draw he drew the information that dis that the thief on the right that's not named in the bible he's not named but we know the fathers of the church named him early on they told us who yeah. he was there's a lot yeah. written about him 
And we call him Saint Dismas. I pray to him every day. My rosary, Saint Dismas, pray for us. So again, there, we how do we know who the thief on the left was? Raul Reese says, uh, well, you know this through tradition. Yes, what tradition, Raul Reese? Not Calvary Chapel tradition. You know this through Catholic tradition. And him and mm. others, they do this. David Jeremiah, they do this constantly. They filch, for, and John MacArthur, James White, they filch from Catholics, but they will not footnote themselves. They'll say, oh, yeah, we know this through yeah. history and tradition, yeah. but they won't name their sources because they're all Catholic bishops and saints. Yeah, so, so uh, it's funny because... The next question I, you know, that I would ask is, well, how do you know there's 27 books in the New Testament? Well, the only way they know it is by church tradition, yeah. the Catholic Church. Uh, the, uh, and so, but when you confront them like that, some of them have finally gotten wise and they say, well, uh, you know, we know that the 27 books you know, our sacred scripture, because, you know, God speaks to my heart and tells me that, but there could be more, <laughs> you know. <laughs> R.C. Sproul says that. R yeah. That's R.C. Yeah. Sproul's position, rest in peace, you know, wherever he's at. Yep. He died. Yep. Yeah, that's his position. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah it, it, uh, another thing very interesting about, well, we got about a minute left of the break. I, I want to talk a little bit about just a lot of people don't realize the powerful name of Mary. I want to talk, just want to mention them in the next segment a little bit about yes. where the name of Mary derives from. People mm. think, ah, it comes from Mexico, Maria. No, it doesn't. You're going to be very surprised <laughs> in the last segment. Where does the name Mary derive from? Hmm, interesting. We'll be right back. Jesus 911, two man car. Stick around. Now, back to Jesus 911. If this call is not an emergency, dial 888-526-2151. Soul Patrol, Jesus 911. So I gave you a little teaser in the last segment. What does the name Mary signify? And actually, where did it come from? A lot of people think it's a Jewish name. It's not a Jewish name. The name Mary comes from Egypt. It's an Egyptian name. Remember, the children of Israel were captives in Egypt for 430 years. So many of the Jewish families that were captive for such a long, long, long time, they heard the name Miriam, which is Egyptian. It's a Coptic name. And they said, wow, what a beautiful name. So the Jewish women started taking that name Miriam and they started applying it to their daughters when they would have daughters, when they would give birth to a, to a girl. And so Our Lady's name was, was taken really from Moses' sister, Miriam. So, so the meaning of Mary, it's, it's, it's a Coptic name. It's from Egypt. It's not from Mexico. It's not from Europe. It's not from the U.S. It's, it's from Egypt. And, it, and what it means in the Coptic language, it means the cherished one or the beloved one. That's what it means in the Coptic language. Now, when he, the, the Jews took that word and they continued pronouncing it in, in, its, in, in the Coptic manner, Miriam. So the Jews call their daughters now Miriam as of the time of Moses. And the word Miriam in Hebrew means the exalted one. That's what the word Miriam, Mary, means in Hebrew. It means the exalted one. 
And mm-hmm. so uh, if you look at some of the other languages in the Middle East, because all the Middle East calls Mary medium, all of them use the Coptic manner of, of saying it. So in the Middle East, generally Syria, Lebanon, Armenia, these other places, the word Mary, it means the one beloved by God, the one beloved mm. by God. And, uh, and it also means in the Middle East, in many countries, it means uh, the, 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 the perfect one, the perfect mm. one. So when you study the word Miriam in the Middle East, Americans, it's mind-blowing because the definition of Mary in the Middle East, it tells you what Catholics have always believed about her. And, uh, and, and some people wonder, well, the Reformers didn't believe in, in Mary like Catholics you know, did. Not true. Not true. Mm-hmm. Let me read to you what Martin Luther said about Mary after he left the Catholic Church. This is Martin Luther, the Protestant Reformer, 1521, left the Catholic Church, Catholic priest, started the first Protestant denomination, the Lutherans. He wrote about Mary, and this is what he said, as a Protestant, he said this, quote, She, the lady above heaven and earth, must have a heart so humble that she might have no shame in washing the swaddling clothes or preparing a bath for St. John the Baptist. Like a servant girl, what humility she has. It would surely have been more just to have arranged for her a golden coach pulled by 4,000 horses and to cry and proclaim as the carriage proceeded by, Here passes the woman who was raised above the whole human race. She was not filled with pride by this praise. This immense praise, no woman is like unto thee. Thou Mm. art more than an empress or a queen, blessed above all nobility, wisdom, or saintliness. Mary is God's workshop. She has Mm. no equal. This is Martin Luther after he left the Catholic Church. Mm. And so, yeah, I I, I don't want to say that Martin Luther still had a very robust Marian devotion. and, And in fact, in his tomb in Germany, in Luther's tomb in Germany, guess what? What does he have? You know, people pick what they want to have to put on their tomb. Uh, well, what, is, what did Luther pick to have put on his tomb? He has a picture of Mary being assumed into heaven by angels on his tomb. Oh. Germany. So he's uh, reinforcing sola scriptura, right? No. I guess not. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, you know, you know, it's it, Jess, as you know, uh, I took that detour out of the church for a lot of years. And I can just tell you that within Protestantism, within the plethora of denominations, um, there is nothing but confusion. Uh, they claim to believe as a whole in sola scriptura. But as you rightly pointed out, uh, when Raul Reese got caught uh, trying to, uh, you know, talk about tradition and how we know about saint dismas and the names of the thieves on the cross uh they want to pick and choose which uh, parts of tradition that they want to keep and which parts they want to throw out well um martin luther and and, you know so many of them will say well martin luther he doesn't represent me you know he was he was still very catholic because he was reared in the catholic church well guess what everybody 
prior to Martin Luther was reared in the Catholic Church. Because <laughs> to go deep into history, according to uh, St. John Henry Newman, is to cease to be Protestant. Yes? Yes. I'll say it again. To go yeah, deep into history is to cease to be Protestant. And the church, when you look at how doctrine develops, a lot of people say, oh, the Immaculate Conception, the Catholic Church, oh, they declared that in, uh, uh, it was in the 1800s. Yeah. Yeah, 1854. Uh, listen, um, these ideas and things were taught in the church going way, way, way back. And everything that is taught about our Blessed Mother is because of Jesus Christ. And it is to magnify something about our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So people that want to say that, oh, we're just distracted. No, we're not distracted because Mary always points us to Jesus. And she is by far uh, has been honored uh, uh, as a human being, solely human being, without well, she doesn't have the dual nature that Christ has more than any other human being yeah. on the planet. That's right. You know, a simple way to understand our uh, our view of the Blessed Virgin Mary. Think about a painter who paints some of the most the most beautiful works of art, and you go into his museum. So yeah. when, when, when you go into the museum and you start saying, wow, look at this painting. Whoa, what a masterpiece. Look at this painting. Wow. You think the artist is going to be jealous because you're honoring his paintings? No. By honoring his paintings, you're honoring Picasso or, or whoever, whoever painted Michelangelo. the Yeah, Michelangelo. In other words... Honoring yeah. Mary uh, so, and the saints. So, example, we wouldn't even yeah. know the name Michelangelo if he didn't, if we didn't have his paintings to marvel exactly. at. Exactly. That, yeah, that's the point that I'm making. So, honoring Mary and the saints no more detracts from Christ than honoring, you know, Michelangelo or Picasso's paintings. It doesn't detract from the the honor due to them. It, it it's a way of honoring the painter himself. By honoring his paintings. Likewise, honoring Mary is just another way of giving recognition to God for his masterpiece. Mary is God's masterpiece in all the universe. She's the venerable treasure of the whole world and creation's solitary boast. Our Lady showcases the work of God's grace and Our Lady's exhibit A in his museum for saints. It's for this reason that the Catholic soul is naturally Marian. Even Luther said the following. Here goes Luther again, quote, The veneration of Mary is inscribed in the very depths of the human heart. And I think I lost my partner, Paul Clay. I'm sure he'll call back up right now. So uh, do Catholics worship Mary? Of course we don't. We worship God alone. It'd be a mortal sin for any Catholic to regard Mary as a goddess. That's not, that's not Catholic teaching. The intention of the Catholic Church is not to elevate Our Lady to the status of deity, but rather to show her as a shining model of Christianity. That's what Mary is. She's a shining model of Christianity. She's exhibit A of the perfect Christian of what we all hope to be in terms of holiness and virtue. And the, the Catholic Church teaches that God alone is to be worshipped. We say in Latin, God alone is given latria. The saints in Latin are given dulia. 
And Our Lady is given special honor. That's hyperdulia. So as Catholics, we give God latria. That's worship. We give the saints dulia. That's honor. And we give Our Lady hyperdulia. That's special honor. Any yes. Catholic, yeah, any, so any Catholic who would worship Mary as a goddess doesn't know their faith because we don't regard her as a deity. Yeah, we, we simply honor those whom God has honored. And like I said before, God has honored her far greater than any other human being on the planet, the uh, sole human being. Like I said, obviously, Jesus Christ is the name above every name, and, and he is our Lord and Savior. Um, Jess, uh, before uh, I got disconnected there, I don't know what happened, but I, I, I was making a point that we wouldn't even know the name Michelangelo were it not for his works, right? Yeah. If we didn't have his art, uh, uh, his name is great. Why? Because we have his art and we can say, wow, whoever painted this, oh, Michelangelo, he was great. Well, guess what? So our Blessed Mother magnified, right? See, we, 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 we understand the greatness of God when we look at her. <laughs> yes, amen. You know, think about this, Paul. Our Lord Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, he spent 30 years with Mary at home and only three years preaching to mankind. He spent 30 years with his mother and father at home. So 90% of the life of the God-man on planet Earth, he spent in the house of the Holy Family. Chew on that for a while. <laughs> yeah. You're listening to uh, Jesus 911, two-man car. Also, the Blessed Virgin Mary has a special relationship with the Trinity. She's the daughter of the Father. She's the mother of the son and she's the spouse of the Holy Spirit. She has a Amen. very special relationship with the Trinity, unlike any other human being. Paul, wrap it up, yes. buddy. Yeah. Uh, again, I have te technical difficulties over here, Jess, but uh, I don't know at what point I got disconnected. I just wanted to say again, our Blessed Mother says, my soul magnifies the Lord. And you see, by honoring her and focusing on her, she magnifies the Lord. Lord. Just, like, just, like, just like the works of Michelangelo magnify his name. And we know that Michelangelo was the great Michelangelo because of his work. Amen. That's a wrap. Up next, Gary Machuda, hands-on apologetics. These two retired cops that love Jesus, love Our Lady, faithful sons of the church, we are out. End of watch. See you next time. <laughs>